you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, go with me to the book of Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to go to verse 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. The Bible says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us the spiritual eyes, Lord, to see the path as you laid out before us in the godly wisdom, Lord, that we need to walk in that path. And we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So we're talking about Change that makes a difference. However, the title of this message with that as well is, How Bad Do You Want It? How Bad Do You Want It? Paul said that he didn't consider himself to have apprehended. In other words, I'm not sharp as knife in a drawer, and I may not have it all figured out. That's what Paul was saying. He said, I don't consider myself to be the all-knowing or, or to be the, the foregoing uh, going authority on everything. But he said, this one thing I have learned in all this, bless you. He said, this one thing I do, in other words, I did learn this much, that you have to forget those things that are behind you and you have to reach forth. Reaching forth unto those things which are where? Before you, which means what? Ahead of you. That's right. So, to reach forth for something, when you're reaching for something, you are pushing towards it. You're not just reaching out for something you are reaching with your whole body, mind, and soul. And that's what Paul said. Listen, it's, it's no different with us, and you need to get a clear understanding of something today. You need to understand that you've got to quit looking behind you and thinking about what's behind you. Listen, even if it's good. Paul wasn't just talking about all the bad things that he'd done. We need to, of course, put those behind us, all the bad things that we used to do. and We used to live all those bad things. You need to put that behind you. But it don't matter if you've done some good things. People can get caught up on their, on their glory days, even in the Lord. And, and, you know, Paul had done a lot of great works in Corinth and all these different places, and he had done a lot of great uh, uh, witnessing and ministering to people. And no doubt he had... Uh, uh, man, in, in his life, he'd done a lot of things. He could have looked back on some of that good stuff he'd done, too. But he said, forgetting those things which are behind. He didn't specify any specific thing. 
Listen, he could have been thinking about all the great churches he built, all the great congregations he built, but you know while you're standing there patting yourself on the back, time is slipping away. While you're sitting there patting yourself on the back, all the good accomplishments you had, amen, there's still ground ahead of you that needs to be broken up. There's still churches that need to be built, and that's what he was talking about. He said, he said, man, I forget all those things which are behind me. In reaching forth to the things that are before. He's trying to reach more, trying to reach further. Reach new people, reach new heights, reach new areas. Not caught up in the areas that he's already taken care of. And then he said, next he said, I press toward the mark. What is the mark? Winning souls is the mark. That's what we press towards. We press toward one more soul. You say we kind of look at them or, or go after them. We press towards it. We press in toward the mark for the prize. What is the prize? The prize is heaven. The prize is that high calling, amen, of God in Christ Jesus. That man, that calling is that. Come up hither, praise God. There's the calling. There's the prize. Amen. And so, the question is, how bad do we want this change in our life? There's no doubt in this church Many times this word has gotten all over every one of you. Many times it has stepped on your feet. It's made to do that. Because the flesh, which is us, warreth against the Spirit. And the Spirit... Warreth against the flesh. This goes expressly against the flesh. They are contrary the one to the other. So, the difference is, there's all kind of change in the world as we talked about the other day, but it don't amount to a hill of beans if it doesn't make a positive difference. When you want to find out if you're in the right church, the question is, has it changed your life? And then the next question is, in what way has it changed your life? And then the next question is, did it make a difference? And are you the better for it? If you can't sit in a church, who I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. If you can't sit in a church and look at your Bible, 
And through that Bible, through the absolute understanding of the Word, know that you are headed for heaven. There is a big, big problem. Because we're not in this for the social scene, folks. We're not in this for the social club, the social networking. We're not in this for the social media connection. I'm in this because I believe with every fiber in me that after this life, which is a vapor, there is another life that is not a vapor. There is a life after this one, and you're going to be living it one place or another, and I am doing everything I can to make sure that I am in a specific place called heaven. That's my agenda. I do have an agenda in this church. My first agenda, and i just be straight up with you, is that this old boy makes it to heaven. I love y'all, but I don't intend on y'all making it and me not making it. I'm going to tell you right now, I plan on making it myself. The Bible says the husbandman must first be partaker. Amen. And I plan on me being there. Yeah. And then and then my job, second to getting me ready, is to help you be ready. Because the Bible says, for in such an hour as you think not, son of man coming. We got to be ready, don't we? How many times in your life you could have been gone? How many times in your life you wouldn't expect it and all of a sudden, boom! You've been in a car wreck? I've been in a few bad ones. Had no idea car wreck was coming. Huh. Yeah, crazy stuff. So, you just never know. So you got to be ready. So, the the difference is, you have to realize how real heaven is. More than that, you have to realize how real hell is. But it's real. It ain't no game. It's real. And because I believe that with every fiber in my being, I'm going to do everything I can to stay out of there and to make heaven. So, you hear people talk about all kinds of things they want. You ever heard somebody talk things to death about what they want to do? That drives me. You, you just, uh, you know, I, and I, I never really thought of myself as being it, but I guess I am kind of OCD. I never really thought about myself being that way, but man, I'm going to tell you, it drives me nuts for something needs to be done and it ain't getting done. It drives me nuts if that box ain't sitting there right. Pushed all over the altar. Well, you know what? I don't care how it's sitting over in my house. It could be sitting up on the refrigerator for all I care. You can throw it on the floor. I don't care. But in the house of God, that needs to be straight. Yeah, that ain't straight either.
<laughs> Man, I hear Eve's voice all over this place, or Adam's voice all over this place. She did it. Adam did it right there. <laughs> yeah, that woman did it. Amen. So let's get a few scriptures here. We're going to talk uh, again about one of the most famous stories in all the Bible. Amen. Mark uh, uh, 5, 23 and 24. And Sister Quick can get that for me since she's right there handy. Amen. Sister Quick, if you get that. Mark 5, 23 and 24. And then also, yeah, that's good, 23-24. Here is this woman that had the issue of blood, that one of the most famous stories in all the Bible. Go ahead, sis, you got it? Come on. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, this is another one. Okay, go ahead. Here she's talking about she besought him greatly. Come on. Okay. Now, go ahead. And thronged him. Okay, now go down to go from 25 through 34. Keep reading. Go ahead. Twelve years of her life. How many of you have ever been, or before you came to this church, going through a situation and you, you've been going through things a long time and you just wasn't getting what you needed? You next thing you knew, you're just sitting there dying on the vine, graveyard dead. You couldn't find what you needed, couldn't find what you was looking for. Finally, you just get to the place to where there's nothing else to do. I've heard from several people in this church right now that were looking. You heard the testimonies yourself. We testify every time we come in this building. You've heard the testimonies as well. Where I had just given up. I had given up, and I was just ready to say, you know what, I'm tired of this, I'm done with it, I'm finished with it, I can't find no, I can't find the truth, can't find the church that's preaching the truth, can't find people that's not fake, can't find people that's not got a personal agenda. Everybody's got their own thing going on. They're there half the time. They're gone half the time. you got a church that's more interested in, in uh, selling stuff over the pulpit than they are living the Word of God. They're, you got churches that are more interested in, in that money coming in the parking lot, amen, the money coming in the door, than they are about souls going out the door. Praise God. Let me tell you something, folks. You better get your mind off of the money coming in the door. You better get your mind on the souls going out that door. Because it may be the last time they ever leave this church. And the question is, are they ready? Have they changed their life? And has that change made a difference in their life? <sighs> Dear God, it better make more of a difference in your bank account. Because your bank account ain't going with you. I don't care how much money you got. It ain't going to buy you a spot in heaven, buddy. So I ain't talking about changing your financial position. I'm not talking about changing your social status or anything else. What I'm talking about is has the church you have come to changed your life and made it ready to meet Jesus? Because that's what this is all about. Anything other than that is waste of time. you're here to win a popularity contest, you're in the wrong building. Because that's not what we're here for. <sighs> okay, this woman here, 12 years of her life, she sought. She sought a remedy. 
wasn't like the woman wasn't looking for something. Man, when you're in a dire strait, and this woman was, buddy, she needed a cure. She needed, she didn't need some medication to take the pain away. She didn't need some medication to do this or do that to mask the symptoms. She didn't need something to make her feel better. She needed something to stop this mess. Stop it. Praise God. You don't need somebody to rub on you and pat you back into hell every time you come to the building. Every time you come to church, you don't need somebody to just make you feel better about yourself and lift your spirit so you can go right back out there and live like hell and, and, uh, and go and make it. And then by the end of the week, the conviction starts setting in again because you know you're living wrong. And then you come back to the church and you're really just paying that man. You're giving him a big check, man. You're paying that man to tell you it's all right. You're paying that man to pet you and tell you you're going to be all right. My goodness. Jesus did it all. You all right. All you're doing is paying that man to pet you enough to make you feel better enough to live a another week of your life. But let me tell you how, let me, let me tell you where the rubber meets the road, folks. You get that King James Version Bible, not the new King James, which left a bunch of scriptures out, or any other book. You get you a 1611 King James Version Bible that was written by the Holy Ghost, praise God. Where the power of the God, uh, the power of the God I serve, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is in that book. You find anybody that's been raising the dead, casting out devils, and you find people, man, that's been, that's really got the power of God, you're gonna find a King James Bible in their hand. You ain't gonna find no other Bible in their hand, I guarantee you that. Get your Bible out. Let me tell you something, folks. The only thing I can tell you about you being ready to make heaven, I'll tell you this. See, I don't need to know you. I don't need to know you. I don't need none of that. All I can do is tell you, you better be lined up with what that Bible says. Because I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care if you was born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I don't care if you was born the poorest person ever lived on this planet. There's a heaven, and it awaits for those that have made themselves ready. Praise God. It's not about Jesus making you ready. He gave you the road map. He gave you the book. He gave you the instruction manual. You better follow the instructions, because, honey, you ain't going to make it no other way. There ain't no pastor going to get you to heaven. There ain't no uh, a self-help guru going to get you to heaven. There ain't no amount of money going to get you to heaven. You're going to have to get your nose in that book. You're going to have to get your behind to the house of God. And I mean the real house of God. Not some crystal cathedral somewhere that's trying to fool somebody into believing they're going to heaven. It don't matter what I say about it. What matters is what did Jesus say about it. A lot of people out there today, they're fooling themselves. Most people are. And they're being fooled. They are, they are blind because they don't see the Word of God. And they're trying to learn it from a man in a pulpit that's blind. 
that are that is blind guide, that is blind leaders of the blind. One of the questions then is this. How bad do you want it? You hear all kind of people talking about how bad they want to do something or how they're going to do this and do that. But I can tell you this much. If you want something bad enough, you're going to do something about it. What does it say, sis? Come on. Listen to what it says. Okay, see that? So she had... Spent her heart all her living. She had gone to so many people trying to reach, trying to solve this problem. She had come to the end of her rope. She had come to the last step. She didn't, there was nothing. She'd spent all the money she had. She didn't have no savings. She didn't have no money saved up. She'd spent everything she had, gone to every position she could possibly go to. And you know what? That is an example of the life we live today. People in this world today would rather spend every dollar they have, spend all the time that they have. They would rather spend everything that they can get their hands on trying to find another way than to get up, get in your best clothes, come to the house of the Almighty God where the real Jesus dwells and the real Word of God comes across the pulpit. Praise God, where there is a man of God that can lay his hands on you and heal the sick. Praise God. And you can hold on to your money. Praise God. Keep it in the bank. But they would rather go broke and bankrupt to keep from having to come and hear the truth. That is how convinced that the devil has made them. How many of you, before you got here, thought, man, this is awful strict, wherever you was? And then when you got here, you was like, my God, that was a social club. Man, <laughs> wow, <laughs> oh God, I never knew what strict meant. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? But see, and a lot of people like to point the finger at me. Oh, but see, I did away with all that a long time ago. You can't point the finger at me, see? Because when I give you something, where's it going to come from, sister? And no matter how much you don't want to hear it, it's going to be Bible. So you can't throw the finger back at me because I'm just going to put the finger right back on him. I didn't do it. Shy man, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Yeah, talk with him. Take it up with management. I'm just in sales. I mean, you know, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. Come on, listen to this poor woman that had gone through all she'd gone through, 12 years. Come on. Praise God. Came into the press behind and touched his garment. That's all she had to do. When you just touch him, something's going to happen to you. You can't just go touch him and say, Oh, I touch Jesus. I'm never going to wash his hand again. Like you touched Elvis, you know. No. 
But that woman, buddy, she came with a she came with a plan. She was on a mission. He's gonna make me whole. He's gonna heal me. I'm gonna get my healing. I'm gonna get my healing. She had exhausted everything else, and she'd heard of a man. Now listen carefully to me today. She'd heard of a man. How's this world going to ever hear of this church? How's the world going to hear about it? How are they going to ever hear there's healings going on in this building? Hmm? Do you know if enough people tell them, if they see it enough, they're going to start saying, man, I think that car idea is one of the best ideas I've ever heard of in my life. Because they see it on one car, it's just like, oh, wow, you know, there's another nut. It's, you know. But then when they see it on three or four or five cars or six cars or seven cars, they're like, they ain't going on over another. That's the same, not the same place. It's a, yeah. Where's that place at? Must be some things going on over there. Where's that place? I never heard of that place before. I didn't hear something. We've been down all, all over Plantersville. I never seen no church in Navasota. What church is on that? But you know what? The Bible says she'd heard of a man. Amen. And she said it in her mind. Another place she's talked about, she says she said it in her heart that if she could just but touch the hem of his garment. Come on, sis, read on. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Is that 334? Come on. Just like that. Come on. Is that it? She felt in her body that she was healed. You know what's going on with your body? You know what's happening with your body? Come on. Yeah. 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 Praise God. Just like that, man. You're like, oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. Praise God. I tell you, man. Yeah, come on. Okay, now let me let me tell you how the difference let me tell you about the difference here. How many churches today are pawing at Jesus? How many people right now today, right now, this moment, right now, are pawing at Jesus? Oh, we go to so-and-so church. And, oh, just love our church. And we just have a beautiful, beautiful church. It's so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's just gorgeous. And, oh, there's so, oh, heavenly singers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we've got the most wonderful doctors and the pastors are doctors. And they're so smart. And they're, oh, they're so wonderful. And, oh, and my pastor rides his Harley up over the stage. It's so beautiful. And, you know, all that nonsense. And you know what? They want people to know where they go to church. They want people to know that they go to this big giant church. And they want people to know, man, that, you know, they want to know. They're pa- you know what they're doing? You know what they're doing? They're name dropping. Yeah, I'm a Jesus man. Oh, yeah. Woo, did I tell you about how I'm a Jesus man? Oh, here's the way to go to so-and-so church. Oh, yeah. We oh, we're all that. 
But listen to, the, listen to this story right here. This is a perfect example of name droppers right here and people that were there just to be seen with Jesus. Come on. Jesus turned himself about when she touched him. Come on. See, see that? He said, yeah. he turned to his disciples and said, who touched me? And they said, what? What, what, what do you mean, Lord, who touched you? See all the multitude out here thronging you, man. What do you mean? And then how sayest thou, who touched me? But listen to what Jesus said, huh? No, 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 I said, who touched me? Come on. See, there's a whole lot of people that want to be called by his name to take away their reproach. But they want to eat their own food. In other words, they want their own doctrine. And they want to wear their own apparel. They're going to robe themselves any way they want to. But they don't want none of that stuff. But they want to take his name to, to take away their reproach. The Bible says in the last days, he said in that day there will be seven women to one man. That means there will be seven to one people that, that don't want what we got. But they just want to be called Christians. See, to take away their reproach. Oh, yeah, we're Christians. Yeah, no, 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 we're Christians. Yeah, we're not atheists, we're Christians. Yeah. But the difference is, you're pawing at him. You're pawing at the name. You're pawing at the church. You're pawing at all that. But look at all the crowd, the multitude was with him. He was physically there. And they were with him right there. They were all over him. Man, they were thronging him. This is thronging him out, touching him. That's what thronging means. They were touching him. It had no effect, just like 99% of churches ain't got no effect today. You can sing till your voice falls out. You can pay the highest, greatest musicians ever was on this planet. You can hire every doctor of theology ever come down the planet. You can pull at him and throw him all you want. But it's going to take somebody that's come to the end of them and they've expired everything else and they need Jesus. It's going to take somebody that wants it bad enough to say, I don't care what it takes. I have got to touch Jesus and get what I need. Hallelujah. And that woman, she came behind in the press, and I could see her. For her to touch the hem of his garment... Buddy, she had to press her way in, and she just touched the hem of his garment. She wasn't thrown in Jesus. She wasn't pawing at him. She wasn't trying to get in position. She was reaching forth because she had a need. She was at the end of her rope, man. This was all she had left. And she heard of a man who was healing everybody he touched. Praise God. And that one woman made a difference. That one woman was different than anybody else that was thronging and touching him. She touched his garment and 
boom, that just hit Jesus. One place he says, he felt virtue leave him because somebody came, amen, for him, not for their self. She said, if I can just put a touch of him and his garment, I will be made whole. Praise God. She was at the end of herself. She didn't have, she didn't have nothing left. She'd done everything she could. And you know what? God will let that happen like that sometime too. Because just like, just like the Pharaoh, just like when the Pharaoh had his magicians bringing forth some of the same stuff that was happening. That wasn't good enough. The Pharaoh chose several times. And the Lord even told Moses before he went to him, he said, I'm going to harden his heart. Then when, when, when the Pharaoh decided to let his people go, the Bible says, but God hardened his heart. Don't tell me God can't change your mind. God can change your mind cause you to quack like a duck. Stand on your head and look like an idiot. Tell me God can't do He can do anything with you. He can make you do anything He wants you to. He's one major. And sometimes He'll let things get to where, buddy, you're going to get to the end of you. And he's doing it that way for a reason. Remember the, the, the man that was blind 40 years of his life. Born blind. All those years he spent blind. And when the disciples said, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents said he was born blind. He said, neither did this man sin nor his parents, but that God might be glorified. Right then, God healed him right to Jesus, healed him right there. And it was all his life being blind. Forty-some years he went through that so that God would get glory. If you think that woman's issue of blood was not a plan, it was a plan. She's in the Bible, praise God. She is in the Bible. How many women in this life have had something going on with their life and have looked to that book and read that story, praise God, and it led them to seek out the hem of His garment, praise God. It led them to reach out and find Him. He's not in the... Well, I thought He was in this church. He's not in that church. They prayed for me a thousand times. Ain't nothing happened. I went over to this church, and He's not in that church. He's not in that church because I went over there and prayed for Him a thousand times. I went. He's not in this church. I went over here. They don't even believe in healing. So He's not in that church. But the Bible said these signs shall follow them that believe in Mark 16, 15. Goes on down through and says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not Old Testament, that's New Testament. If it ain't going on in your church, you're in the wrong building. You need to find you a church where the power of God is and where the man of God is. If healings are not taking place in your church, you need to get out of there because there ain't no man of God in that church. Hallelujah. How many people have looked at these stories? See, people just think these are stories. Well, they're just little stories in there. That's the power of God right there, buddy. That's my God right there. That's my king in that book. That's the, he said, <laughs> they testify of me. This is a testament of the God I serve and his power. Hallelujah. 
Job. Well, who in the world could God ever do something like that to Job? Dear God, he's one of the best stories that's ever been in that book. Praise God. He was, he's one of the greatest stories in that book because it tells people who think you're on a merry-go-round and think you're just in here singing kumbaya and all that nonsense. When you find yourself, praise God, being in turmoil and trials and all that, the Bible says because of the Word, amen, because the Word declares you're going to be in those situations. Amen. You can look to places. You can look to people like Job who said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Praise God. Listen, you, the Word of God is for our learning. It's for our exhortation. It's to help you understand. Dear God, there's, those people had problems too. That's what it came for. He came to meet every need. He came to heal every sickness. There is no sickness too hard for God. Doctors tell you, well, my goodness, yes, sir, it's only going to cost you about $600,000. We can fix you up. Of course, you're going to be on the list, and you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait for this and that. Sometimes that's fine, well, and good. I'd say you got a pretty good price there, brother. Reckon? You got to put a good price on that deal, right? Yeah. Jesus did yours. Jesus took care of that. Praise the Lamb of God. Had to wait in line for nothing. Amen. All you had to do was just, you know what it cost? It cost you Kevin Quick. That's what it cost you. It cost you Kevin Quick. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, those of you that's listening by this Facebook stuff this morning, there is a price to be paid. Amen. There is a price. If you need a healing in this church, it's going to cost you. Amen. No, it ain't got nothing to do with the offering plate, but I can tell you what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your comfort zone. It's going to cost you getting up off the couch you're sitting on right now. Amen. Getting in your car, driving down to where Jesus is, and getting a hold of Him, touching the hem of His garment. Praise God. It's going to cost you you. That's what it's going to cost you. Because you're going to have to crucify the one that you're looking at in the mirror right now. The one that's got you sitting on a couch somewhere this morning instead of in a house of God. If you're watching me today, it ain't no accident. This this kind of stuff don't happen accidentally. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. Because God's trying to get people's attention in these last days and say, look, quit look at all that stuff out there. All that stuff going on in this world. And it's so tempting. Sometimes looking at Facebook and stuff like that and the media and all that, it's so tempting to get, in call, get all involved with those conversations and just want to put your, your 12 cents in and you're banging your head against a tree saying, what are they thinking? They're crazy. It just makes you want to scream and jump and run and kick. But the Lord's trying to say, just don't worry about that nonsense. All that stuff is, is a distraction. It's the devil trying to deceive what's really going on. I'm behind this. You have to get to the place where you understand there is nothing going on but God. Nothing goes on without God. If the one that's in the White House was put there by God. Even if it would have been Hillary, it would have been because God wanted her there. God's in control. It ain't no Allah. It ain't no Buddha. It ain't no that garbage. It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the only God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is no other God. 
He is in control. There ain't nothing happens that's not ordered by God as far as the control of this world. George Soros don't even have any idea who he is. Every dime that was given him was given him by the devil, but it was allowed by God to destroy people's countries and lands and nations. It's a setup. They think they're in control because they're rich and smart and all this. They're dumber than a bag of rocks. They're doing exactly what God planned for them to do. And they're going to be in hell with their father, the devil. And there's no question about where they're headed. George Soros will be in hell, except he repent. He will be in hell for eternity with his father, Satan. Except he repent. But I tell you right now, to want what I got, to want what you have in this church, I mean to have what you have, you're going to have to want it. You'll never get this if you don't want it. And I don't mean to the point where you say, well, I don't know. No, you're done. you got to willfully want this. You're going to have to press into this. This ain't no, oh, look what I found. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is that thing where the Bible says, and I will give to them the hidden riches in secret places. This is a secret place. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, there's people just like us out there that are looking for this today. Our precious brother and sister right here. Praise God. Twenty years till you just finally get to the point to where you're just like, you know what? Forget it. There's none left. They say none left. There's people just like that. There's people just like you were. And we have every type in here. We have some that were other places and didn't realize. Didn't realize. To what extent they were lost. Didn't realize it. Till you come into the truth and you're like, oh my God. Then you have others that were in a place where there's a form of godliness, but but they were dying on the vine. And didn't realize as well how much truth was missing. How much had been lost through the years. Because I'm going to tell you, it wasn't always like that. Wasn't always like that. Because I'm going to tell you, there was a time when that organization was nothing but great men of God. Yeah, that's the point. They're gone. It could still happen, even again. And that's my prayer, that it does happen again. That there is a revival, praise God, of the real Jesus back in His house. And that they start calling themselves by His name. Instead of an organization name. That's what needs to happen. I don't care who you are or where you're at. 
We're not people of an organization name. We're people of His name. But somewhere there's people right now today that have expired all their living, so to speak, or they've, they've just come to the end of their self and they just said that there's a place where they just said, well, you know what? You know, this is it. What's the point? We've got to let those people know. We've got to let those people know. They have to see the hunger in us that is so much more for this than anything out there. The people we deal with in our day-to-day life, in our day-to-day walk, need to see that, hey, notice you got a you got a sticker on your car there, man. What are you, are you Pentecostal? Yes, yes, I am. What do y'all do? What makes you Pentecostal? And then you can go into the whole spiel. And it gives you a door of opportunity to say, you know what? This is what's happening out there, you know. But here's the better part of it, is when people pull in the parking lot behind you because they see it. And they say, listen, I got a... I've heard of churches like that. Is it real? Oh, yes, it's real. Because I have a daughter or I have a son, or I have a father, I have a brother, or I just got news today with the parking lot full of tears. I just got news two hours ago that I've got lymphoma, end-stage lymphoma, or I've got prostate cancer, and I didn't even know I had it, and i got two weeks to live or two months to live. I mean, I just found that out, man. Do you think... Do you think it would work for me? Man, you need to follow me to the house of God. I just found, I just got the results back ten minutes ago and I pulled out right behind your car and I just happened to see that and I just want to know, man, do you think it'll work for me? <laughs> you said, I know one way to find out. I know one way to find out whether it'll work. Let's go see. It worked for me. Yeah, it worked for me. We have to we have to have that hunger. We have to be pressing to you can't you, you gotta do what you can with the world we live in today. You can't it's it used to be a world we could knock doors. But those days are gone. I mean they're really they're pretty much gone. But advertisement is the way to go. Advertisement lets them see it, and you know what? It makes it happen just like the Bible says. Then they come unto you. The message is right there. They come unto you. That's why these churches put these billboards out there to draw people in. Come as you are and let Jesus make the change. Well, man, that's something that'll hook up half a bunch of people come down the road. Because they're looking for something they ain't got to do nothing. By the way, that's a lie from hell, so don't ever believe that. I got a lot of Bible for that. If you want to find out, come on, see me. However, when they see that, and they they pull up and they say, "Hey, I want to ask you about this right here." 
You know what that is? That's come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's them coming to Jesus for what they need. That's not us going knocking them in the head and saying, okay, I'm going to drag you to the house of God. And you know that's what we do sometimes. They don't want to really come. But you know what we do? Out of not wanting to hurt our feelings, well, come on, they're probably over there talking together. Gosh, you know, I don't want to go to that church. Me neither. I'm not going by myself. You go with me. I don't want to go to that place, man. I don't like them church. Yeah, I know, but let's do it for her because she's our friend. You know, I don't want it either. We're not going to let them put their hands on us or nothing because, you know, it's crazy, man. You get hypnotize you or something. Don't let them touch you or nothing. But let's go because we don't want to, you know, I mean, she's our friend and she's hooked in it. She's caught up in it, you know. And so they come out of pity or they come out of feeling obligated. And it don't it don't work it don't it don't stay, they don't stay, but you know what happens when them people really need something and they find out where they're at ain't got what they need. That's when they're gonna stay. Listen, uh, excuse me, uh, listen. Uh, what time does the service start? See, and that's them coming unto him, and that's when it works. Jesus didn't go find that woman. He didn't go find that woman with this your blood. Was that the end of it? He didn't go find her. She found him. He didn't say, stay where you're at. I'm coming to you. No, he didn't say that. He said, come unto me. If you got a problem, I'm the problem solver. Come unto me. didn't say he was going to just give it to you. Amen. He's got the remedy. said he'd give you rest. You know what? There was a change happened in that woman. Reckon it was a change that made a difference. That made a big difference, didn't it? And let me tell you, it made a whole lot more difference than than 99.9% of people will ever know. Because the difference it made had very little to do with that woman. The difference in God's eyes, the difference it made was it's in the history book. How much difference did it make? But as she was the least of that difference that it made, it taught people, you need to press into me. If you ain't touching me, you ain't trying hard enough. If you're not getting to me, if you ain't getting what you need, if you ain't getting what you need, you're in the wrong place. You're looking for me in the wrong place. If you ain't getting what you need, a woman knows how to work a camera. You're looking in the wrong place. <laughs> I had to throw my little sister under the bus. There. <laughs> I love you, sister. <laughs> Amen. She does a real good job. Amen. <clears throat> so, how?
how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to... to put all that other stuff aside that, uh, well, I don't believe you have to do all that? Well, you ain't got where you need to be yet. If you're still saying that, if somebody needs a healing for their body and they're dying, or somebody needs a healing and has a serious situation, and they... They've heard of a place where they can get that healing. But if they're still saying, well, yeah, but they preach this and that, and I don't believe you have to do all that, they ain't sick enough yet. Yeah, they ain't sick enough yet. That's right, because when you get sick enough, you put all that stuff aside. You put all that, I don't believe you have to do all that aside. And you know when that usually happens, sadly enough, is when there is no other option. No other option. They're at the end of the rope. Praise God. There's a reason why she didn't hear about Jesus until after she'd expired her whole living. It had to be in the story. Her healing was about this. Her healing wasn't about her. Her healing was about this right here. Her healing was about giving God glory throughout all the world and throughout all time. She's one of the heroes of the Bible, just like Job. How many people are not in hell today because of the story of Job? You ever thought about that? How many people have been at the end of the rope and they said, Dear God, that's it. That's it. And the Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job? And you go back through Job and say, Wow. And Jesus said, How'd that story come out? He was pretty bad, wasn't he? It was bad, Lord. It was real bad. Why would you do like something like that? To make an example out of him for you. So that in this situation right now today, instead of picking that gun up and blowing your brains out and killing yourself, going to hell for eternity, you could look and say, well, if I just endure to the end, if I just be not weary in well-doing, in due season I shall reap if I faint not. The Bible says he came and he restored Job and gave him more than he ever had. Amen. How many people have been able to hold on because Job did? That's why Jesus did it. The reason he chose Job? Why do you think he chose Job? Brother Jay, to do that. You know, he chose Job to do that. You know that. Why would he, why did he, why did he choose Job? 
What did it say before that? What, 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 what? Well, there was an allegory. What were you doing? You started that off with, I don't know. Good recovery. <laughs> that was a good that was a good crawfishing recovery right there. Amen. That was the answer. The Bible says he was a perfect man. The Lord needed somebody that he knew could endure all that he was about to have to endure. So he couldn't have picked just anybody because ain't nobody else would have done it. But because Job did know God, because Job was a perfect man, which means complete man. He was not perfect. He was a complete man. Because Job was the type of man that even every day got up and sacrificed unto God for his children. Every day, just in case they did something wrong the night before and, and, uh, uh, and offered offering to God for them. That's the kind of man Job was, and that's why he chose Job. He said, if you consider my servant Job, because... The devil said, oh, yeah, if you take that head down around him, he'll curse you to your face. The Lord had to have a man that the Lord had confidence in that he would stand because God was doing something with this deal. God was making a story that would last throughout the ages with Job. Well, where he's at today. wonder where old Job's at today. Even with Job, before the Lord restored him, boy, he he gave him a smack down like you ain't never seen, buddy. He ate him up, tore him up, chewed him up, spit him out. Where the heck were you? Huh. You go over and take Leviathan up. Where was you at when I did thus and thus? Where was you at when I did this? Did you do that? You know. Well, let me tell you, folks, that whole book right there is a great testament of the power of God to do all things for His people. This is part one. We're going to a part two. Amen. Stand with me tonight or this morning.